If there is no struggle, there is no progress. Frederick Douglass. I don't think I understand. They reconstruct things, so I wind up with the right parts. No, I know that, and I know how. It's just the why I don't get. Jason. I know you've explained it at least a million times. It's not the why. It's the why me you don't get. Yes. Jason, you're looking at it as if it's what's going to happen to you, not me. I'm the one that's going to be transitioning. I'm the one who's going to be radically different, not you. All you have to do is support and love. I know it's scary. No, just frustrating. How? Every day there's a new feature or procedure or new anything. And I feel like I'm still 10 feet behind and struggling to catch up. I feel like I'm asked to give everything up and get nothing in return. Perhaps you aren't accepting things, as I ask. No, that's not... Well, maybe that's it. Is it too much to ask for things to be the way they were? I'm still the way I was. The girl you said you fell in love with is now the person you say you love. Come on, Jason. I know I've asked a lot, but you can give it. It's in you. That's why I love you. No, Emmy. It's not a matter of love. We both know. It's a matter of the change you are going to go through. And how. I don't know what I'm saying. Jason, look at me. All you have to do is try. Just try. And I'll understand when you fail. When will you tell your parents? Tonight. Lord help me, but I think they already know. They should by now. I've given them ample clues. Will you help me? Sure. Reluctantly? Yes, I'll help you. That's better. Now kiss me, fool, while you still can. The light shines. In the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. A Christ reference. You know, with all your biblical learning, why aren't you a Christian by now? Just asking? I don't have a problem with the concept of the Messiah and the tendency for a drowning person to grasp onto whatever branch they can find, but that's not me or my need. What is your need? Just asking. I need to be loved and appreciated. Failing that, I need to understand as much of the world and my situation in particular as I can. Failing that, I need to be left alone in my cage all alone. You've thought this out. Yes, all alone, in my cage. I see. Hello, and welcome to Minutia, Episode 10, written by J-Town and recorded in Amsterdam, New York, the capital region's gateway to the West. This episode represents a transition, of sorts, with disparate elements at play. Miriam healing from her heart attack. Rachel transcending Richard. Miriam's mother and sister, Anna and Mary trying to overcome the past to confront the future, Jackson still running, always running, and Jason trapped between heaven and hell and no closer to a decision. We promise nothing for these characters, and you, only to struggle another day here on Minutia. The day winds down in preparation for the next, and egos bruised by the day's events gathered fitfully before heading to their home. Jackson comes from the bedroom after checking on Miriam once again. How is she? Still sleeping, or pretending. You never know with her. Going home, Auntie? 
Yes, dear. I've got stuff to do. We'll be back tomorrow to check on her and bring some food. No offense, Jackson. None taken. Me too, Dad. I'm going too. I'll call Rachel and tell her not to come. She can visit, but Marion will be asleep. No, Dad. I'll be back later. Come on, girls. I'll walk you out. Here's your coffee. Thanks. You did good. Maybe you missed your calling. I don't think I could do what you do. Especially not now. Yes, pregnancies do tend to complicate things. Do you have kids, Detective? Yes. Had one. Illness. I'm sorry. Do you think he'll ever get out with his own testimony? Depends on the circumstances of the murder. Was he ultimately complicit? Was it planned or spontaneous? What will the judge or jury see? It's a world of possibilities. But you have set the wheels turning, and we will hope for the best. A truly bad guy is off the streets. And you didn't see it, did you? I did, and ignored it, I guess. It happens. You know what they say. People see what they want to see. Now both your men are gone. Yes. Scary. You have family, and I know your father, Rabbi Levine, and I know he would want to help. Yes. Scary, but I'm not alone. Thank you, Detective Fox. No problem. Thanks for your statement. Bye. Bye. She walks out into the sun, gets in her car and drives and drives. Around the Mohawk Indian Reservation, she gets a call. Yes? Rachel? Mom's asleep, so no visitation today. No? Sorry, I've been at the APD all morning. How is she? Fine. Resting comfortably. But guess what I did? I stole the book. No! She won't know till tomorrow. I'm home. Come over. I'll be over soon. I've got something to do. Half hour, okay? I even stole some scones. <laughs> Too funny. I'll be over. Don't read without me. I, I make no promises. Hurry. Rachel turns into the dusty drive of the reservation and parks around in back of the inn. She picks up her phone. John? Yes, it's me. I'll be right in. Hi, Mir. How you feeling? Fine, I guess. What did you bring me? A little hot tea and English biscuits. My favorite. I'm still angry with you, you know. I know. Here. You can redeem yourself. I thought I was. No. Explain it once more and don't get antsy in doing so. Okay. H have you ever been in a position to do such good... And you just can't bring yourself to it? No. Well, I was faced with retirement and with my piss-poor record of achievement, with me being as compromised as I was and no change pending, so I opted out. I took the most obvious out there was, the Alzheimer's, and I let you and Margaret take care of me while I recovered my sense of self. But you made yourself to be a liar. That's what I don't understand. Well, it's not a logical explanation. No, to say the least. What you need to do is really drill down, get to the meat of it, then tell your long-suffering daughter she's missed you the most. She could have used your wisdom these last few years, what with David and Grace and Juan. Tell her 
Okay, as soon as I figure out a way. No, now. Not this instant, but soon. And just what you said to me. It's better than nothing. Right. I'm still angry, but stick around and share some biscuits with me. All right. Hello? Back here in the kitchen. Kitchen? You cook? Can't eat if you don't cook. How's your mom? She was sleeping last I left her. She needs it. I can't believe Jackson's a faker. Who told you? Oh, I did. Oh, my pitiful memory. So what's the plan for tonight? I've got some fried calamari and veggies for dinner and martinis, stirred, not shaken, but not for you. And afterward, the book. Great. I can't believe you stole the book. It had to be done. Here, let's sit here. Where's Grace? At David's until our next meeting. Then I'm going to perpetrate a whammy on him. Do tell. Nope. Surprise to all. Dig in. So, Mark, were you headed to the border without telling me? Yes, I was. Not good policy to try to disappear from your employer without proper notice. The one who fed you and clothed you all these years and put up with your belligerence and hubris. What did I do to you that was so bad? You killed that boy. Oh, no. Careful what you say, Mark. As I recall, you and Richard killed that boy as you call him, not me. And that boy was more a man than either of you. You look at Rachel, all aglow with life because of that boy. I fancied him myself, but not with Sid here. You liked her yourself, didn't you? If I did, I wouldn't tell you. Keeping secrets from me now, Mark? How long have you known me? You know that I always get what I want. Why did you try to bolt? That was plan B, remember? Duck, cover, and run. In that order. Do you know my directives? Stay, hide in plain sight, and above all, try to recover the operation from my boss. You see, so that may have been your plan, but it was contrary to mine. Richard's been arrested and may be compromised. How do you know? When I called his cell phone on that last day, a cop answered. How do you know? Cops all sound alike, arrogant, presumptuous. I see where you would think that, but I know some cops that agree with me about a great many things. Good for them. Tell me, Mark, what would your sister say if she knew you were running so? Leave her out of it. I'm the one with a mark on my head. She's done nothing. You'd be surprised what she's done for you. If you've hurt her, you'll answer to me. And right now, you're answering to me. So keep it simple. Where is the last shipment? In a warehouse in Queens. Address. When I'm long gone. Address. Bring the kit. Yes, ma'am. No. I told you, when I am far enough away, you'll get the information you seek. You have my word. Promises don't impress me, Mark. 
I already have the shipment in question, and it wasn't in Queen's. You see, there's no trusting a murderer, is there? Your loyalty was always suspect, and I demand loyalty. So you get what you get. Here's the kit. Thanks, Matthew. John, Luke, hold him, one on each side. No! The two men hold Mark by the arms, but he overpowers Luke, slips from their grasp, and lunges at Tula. Ah! Damn it! She checks his pulse. Damn it! What a waste. Matthew, gather everything. We're leaving. Without him? He'll be dead soon. We can't help him. Say a prayer if you like. Wait five minutes, do a visual, then get in the car and wait. I'll be along shortly. She walks to Mark's side and kneels and takes his pulse again. You were the best. It didn't have to end this way. Why wouldn't you? Spending all that time with him on an island or in a penthouse apartment would get boring, even if he is a prince. I see. You're staring at the book. Yes, I just haven't seen it outside Miriam's, I guess. It's just the same old book here or there. Margaret, are you getting bored with your brother's verbal legacy? Your only brother? Your twin? <laughs> nah, just goofing. Do you want to read some? By all means. Well, come around here. We'll take turns. In the beginning, we are alike, equal in our sameness, and trusting in our shells. We mouth the same platitudes, we ate the same food, we walked the same roads. Then a light flashed on in heaven, a flicker, a flicker after of a fire branded by hands eternal. And this fire was placed in the midst of us, billions and billions strong, and was allowed to give us a chance amidst our design. Fear with our hope, and clarity within our equality. We noticed growths of flame from our heads and feet, and embers in our limbs, and the flames grew ever constant in our homes, where we tried to hide the newfound manifestations from the watcher in the sky. But we didn't know or appreciate that the plan was all his, and this fire was all him and her, writhing down to land on the unsuspecting, the tired and weak, the helplessly wanting, wreaking havoc on us, poor slaves, and that we are all one. Nobody knew, except me and her, the one in whom I placed my trust, the one who was the one for me forever, branded, forever and always. Wow. No wonder he couldn't commit. Yes. He was deeply committed to her in a way I couldn't understand. She was your neighbor? Yes, we grew up with her. School, picnics, family vacations. The works, huh? Yeah, he must have told you about Noemi. He never told me how it ended. We don't speak of it. Anyone who's left alive. Oh. oh. No, not like that. She committed suicide one bright fall day. And the thing is, from Jason himself, he said he had something to do with causing it. No, how? He would never say... Of course, there were extenuating circumstances, and that's it for us mortals. I swear I don't know anything more. How about another one, then? Okay. Still doing that after all these years, old man. <sighs> While you woke me up, God, the least you could do is put a towel around his head and give me some relief. 
you certainly test me, and I'm not supposed to test you. How about some reciprocity, huh? I owe you a great debt for all I've been given. What's a little heart attack for compensation? I'm not being flip, I promise. You gave me a burden for a husband and two burdens for children, but to be fair, my children... What's that? Yes, your children were never much of a burden at all. And my husband did help somewhat. And I could place myself in their shoes and understand them a little and parent accordingly. But Jackson... How was I supposed to put myself into his shoes with all the whoring and drinking and drugging? How? Oh, I know. You say God's will and stay the course. And mind you, I did. Unwillingly. But now you've given me a further test, haven't you? To stay once more. Huh? Oh, come on, God. Where am I to go? These are my peeps. You chose wisely. And as for that reciprocity thing, well, another day perhaps. Miriam pulls the covers up over her chest and closes her eyes, just as Jackson, still snoring, opens his eyes and absently stares in Miriam's direction. After a sleepless night, Jackson rises early and starts to fix breakfast. Aha! Just like old times. Jackson? Oh, hi, dear. You shouldn't be up and around. Oh, I couldn't sleep with all the racket in here. Oh, sorry. Just looking for my lucky skillet. <laughs> lucky, huh? As in, I'd be lucky if I can remember how to cook scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't laugh enough, Jackson. Neither do I, for that matter. So, it's scrambled, is it? I'll get some plates. Oh, no, you don't. Sit. I'll get everything. Where is everything? Just point. Thanks for meeting me so soon. You sounded desperate. I'm not desperate, David. Just anxious. You've never followed through with any of your threats before. What gives? Should we be talking about this without our lawyers? <laughs> don't worry. I'm not recording this. Relax and just... Talk to me like you used to. I used to love you. Yeah, what happened to that? I'm all ears. Margaret, don't play dumb. It was you and Juan that killed it, and me. You know all this and how it still upsets me. I'm amazed at how raw it still is for you. Of course it is. When you have an uncaring, whoring around, callously dashing all your hopes to the ground in front of you, yeah, it's upsetting. I'm sorry, David. I, I truly am. I've heard that before. Yeah, and as such, nothing I say or do will change your mind, will it? What is this? A trick? No trick. I just care about you and Grace, and I know that no matter where she goes and with whom, it's best that her two biological parents bury the hatchet. It's easier to live in peace than turmoil. What do you say? This is a ruse to get Grace back. How long will you play your games, Margaret? David, look me in the eyes. I am offering peace instead of strife. Who wouldn't want that? I want to keep Grace, so do you. A compromise could ease tension and promote her health and well-being. Continued strife will affect her. What are you offering? What do you want? Sleep with me. 
once. I'll call off the dogs. Agree to continue joint custody. Wow. Otherwise, we drag things out. Nobody wins. Mm, do you have any condoms? After rolling in and securing his second cup of coffee, Detective Fox gets a visit from the police chief. Fox, go to the south side now. There's been a report of a homicide in a house off of Grime Avenue. The body was examined by state police and Detective Walker, and the appropriate reports are here. Go first, though. The scene is undisturbed. And Fox, identity first, please. The body has no fingerprints. I'm on it, sir. The detective grabs the reports and his coffee and goes to his car where he quickly scans the files. Victim, male Caucasian, approximately 35 years old, brown hair, green eyes, 5 foot 9 inches. Body found face down, facing south. Blood spots and bullet holes in flanks and back of light blue button-down shirt, tucked in and back. Body found in unfinished basement of two-story yellow home. And no fingerprints. It's interesting. Hi, Officer Johnson. Uh, can you show me the basement? Has anybody taken a soil sample? Can we get one? Blood stains consistent with massive blood loss, color with a sudden catastrophic release. Is that urine? If I could get your authorization for your deed search. Oh, what were the results? What's your take on the no fingerprints? Thanks. This is turning out to be one interesting day. Oh, leave those for later. Come, call your daughter. What would I say? Exactly what you told me. That'll do. You really think this will help? When has honest communication not helped? It's the honest part. Uh, well, here it goes. Nothing. She's not picking up. Leave a message. Whoever you are, leave me a message so I can track you down and kill you. Honey, it's your pops. Call me. Thanks. No. Oh, that'll do. Come on, old man. Help me with my exercises. You might be sick of me coming here and talking to you like this. I don't know. I often thought you were bored and irritated by me coming over when you were sick. I mean, when you were not sick. I, I'm sorry, you preferred the word affected. And you were right, because what you had affected everybody. Your family, your neighbors, Noemi, or Noel. I often thought about him and how you could come to love him and me, but I figured out you never really loved me, and that just breaks my heart. What kind of life would we have had, had you lived? One in which we raised our daughter in absentia, estranged from each other, you suffering in your room and causing us to suffer elsewhere, tied to you in weakness without you letting go? 
Well, I'm letting go of you. You're dead, and I soon will be if I don't take action, and I have. Jason, I am resourceful and vigilant, and now I'm connected. I'll let you go totally the minute I don't need you, as you would have done to me. He's here. What good would that do? My parents aren't your parents. Yeah, I know. But you need to convince mine first. They could help you, and you sounded like you needed the practice. I know, Emmy. Hi, guys. You wanted to speak with us? No, Emmy has a problem. It's not a problem, and I can speak for myself. Mr. and Mrs. Miriam, dear, and Jackson. For years now, I've felt odd, like something was wrong with me. I saw boys playing with toy soldiers, and I wanted to play with them, and football and baseball, and I was good at playing war, and I didn't want tea parties and dolls and frilly dresses. When I had to dress up in nails and makeup, I felt like a foreigner in my own body, as if the definition set aside for me didn't fit. Is this the first time you've heard of this, Jackson? From you, I've heard of this, but go on. They call it gender dysphoria which is a fancy word for confusion. I don't know what the origins are. An emotional state characterized by anxiety, depression, and restlessness. Thanks, Jason. I had forgotten that. This thought, that I was a boy in a girl's body, came slowly, but by the time I was 10, I was convinced that I was a freak, and I would nearly have gone out of my mind if it weren't for Jason's acceptance of me to bring me some normalcy. I know he loves me, and he's been with me from the beginning. That set me free to tell you this. Why not tell your parents? I've told my mom bits and pieces of it, and my dad hints and whispers, but I guess I needed to practice on you. We don't mind, honey. It's just that this is a big thing, and with this knowledge should come a bit of fear and caution. Do you get that? Yes, fear. All my life I've worried that people would find out and hurt me and my family. It's heartbreaking to think of all the changes I'll go through, and my family. And me. Yes, poor Jason. I love her. Son, do you understand what might happen? She'll change, but you'll have to adapt. Maybe even to you loving a dude. Jackson! That's what we're talking about here. What's the word? Transitioning. What would you know about it? I read, son, and I know a little about the restorative value of love, and that's what you'll need to deal with this. I know young love is blind, and you will be tested. In a situation like this, you must try hard not to fail. Everyone depends on your effort, because love is not just feeling, it's showing. Thanks for the lecture. Jason, stop. They're right. Maybe I shouldn't go through with it. Honey, that's not what we're saying. But it's okay being confused for now. It sounds like this subject is deeply felt, but you need to make certain of how this makes you feel. And, and if it's wrong, what steps to take to make it right? That's why I came to you first. I don't know what I'm doing, but I will. 
Thanks for standing by me, everybody. Jason. You are right. You know. We will help you. Thanks. I just wish this darned headache would go away. Thank you for tuning in to our episode 10 of Minutia. Look for Minutia episodes on bobcudmore.com website or on podcast at SoundCloud slash Eastline Studios and on WCSS 1490 AM. The players for this episode include Adam Starnes as Jason McDonald, Richard C. Johnson as Jackson McDonald, Cheryl Charbonneau as Miriam McDonald, Katrina Wilkinson as Margaret McDonald, Rita Machen as Rachel Levine, Paula Cherko Hoffe as Mary Martinez, Kathy Ozick as Anna Bedard, George Filio as Detective Fox, Michael Shimino as Jason at 17, Kelsey Wood as Noemi at 16, Christine Grant Shimino as The Voice and Tula, Bill Fitzgerald as Police Chief Nelson, John Salerno as Mark Ingraham, Jay Town as Matthew, Michael Hayes as David Van Alstyne, and Homer Charbonneau as the narrator. Special thanks to the Amsterdam United Methodist Church for the use of performance space. Our sponsors, Bashwinger Insurance Agency and Miller Printing, Amsterdam, New York. And to WCSS 1490 AM, BobCudmore.com, and Dave Green at Eastline Studios for broadcasting or displaying minutia. To Aaron Sickler for his continued sound effects and sound production work. And to Gary Wager for special music. And thanks to a wonderful cast which makes the magic happen.